Live from just behind the three construction workers on the Columbus Crew Badge, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. An industrious, much work to be done welcome to this week's episode. Once again, the conveyor belt of TFC Fact, Waking the Red, amalgamates with the box factory of frivolity, the Yorkies, to create a product that you didn't ask for but can't help but put inside your ear hole. Break time is over, let's meet the staff. Always ready to go on strike, just for the chance to make pun-filled picket line placards, rabble rouser and managing editor of the Yorkies, I'm Tony Walsh. And with me, as usual, is a man who left the black lung of the Yorkshire mines for the black clouds of BMO Field. Never afraid to get his hands dirty, then stick them in your ears. Managing editor of Waking the Red, Duncan Fletcher. Hello. This steel town stunner takes the molten metal of football foolishness and molds it into comedy girders. Writer and graphical engineer from the Yorkies, Canada's greatest athlete, Iron Mark Hinckley. Oh. <laughs> it did a claw motion, by the way. You can't see it. And completing the crew, as always, she's taking capitalism down at unbelievable prices. Showing you her socialist worker customer appreciation card and cashing in her points. Writer and shop steward at Waking the Red. It's Krista Knowles. Hello. Let's make like four audio tie hardens and do some hard work. I'm world-famous Columbus Crew mascot, Crew Cat, and when I'm finished licking my furry mascot genitals, I listen to the Vocal Minority Podcast. Can you hear the Mormon Tabernacle Choir sing? Um, yes, most likely. After Saturday evening's match, all footy fans in the Holy Mormon Empire of Utah, and in the Crown Court of Spanish royalty for that matter, would have been joining in with the Rio Tinto chant of overrated as RSL battered a very poor TFC 3-0. Seriously, we've seen John Stockton shorty shorts that hung in longer than the Reds. So what happened? And all that jazz. What, if anything, did TFC get right on Saturday night? It's a good question. I don't really have much. Yeah. They showed up. They put 11 men on the pitch. Well done. Uh, yes. Um, bare minimum. What I've got is that they didn't really give up. Maybe the game you guys saw was a little different than I did, but even after 2-0, they were still going at it. And even after 3-0, they were still going for it. So I have to give credit that at least they have the character to not roll over and die, even though they were long down and out. They were probably down and out after 2-0, and the fact that they were still... Working the wing, trying to cross it into the box. Bradley and Dero both had long-range attempts. Put Nick Romando to, to work because he seemed like he wasn't paying attention half the time. Didn't really have to. <clears throat> well, he, no, he didn't have to, but uh, there was a couple near calamities that he managed to escape, if only because of the post and because he was lucky enough to get a bounce that hit his hand he didn't push it completely in the net so he could scrape it and gather it in. Kudos to Toronto, if for nothing more than playing actually an entire 90 minutes. TFC doesn't know how to die. It's a positive. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that because like, they've played far worse. They have. I know 3 nothing sounds like, dear gods, are you kidding me? But it was just one of those games where I don't even, I'm not even sure if they had the full starting 11 that they would have wanted to have. Would it have been that much better? It would have been better, but I just think it was always going to be an ugly game. 
Fair enough. They they managed to to not get sent off. Looked like in the first half Toledo was full on going for his whole Toledo thing. Cards everywhere and they managed to adapt to that and not get themselves sent off. That that's something. I was quite disappointed he didn't get bowled over. Mm. <laughs> I, I was hoping yeah. that that was going to be a running trend and it would only be befitting for the one to, who deserves the most to get run over. So Who does Bradley bowl over this week? Obviously Michael Bradley had a terrible game if no referee got bowled over. <sighs> mm-hmm. That's why he was my go to the game. Thanks a lot, DP. All I had, much like Mark said, was continuous attempts at goal. That's about the best I could grab from this game. They were out of it from the beginning. Not necessarily out from lack of trying, just tactically outnoosed from the get-go. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think they were so much as playing listlessly or anything. Like, I, I watched the game from what I could see. All it seemed to be was that Real Salt Lake had their number in a lot of the possession, which we talked about last week. They were controlling the midfield a lot better and moving the ball forward a lot better than Toronto. That being said... Toronto's counterattack wasn't exactly a slouch. They were still getting it into the final third, and they were still getting attempts. Nothing was really happening from that, but it wasn't as if they were just completely dominated one, one-way one traffic all game long. The scoreline reflects that they got an whipping, but I don't think it was the gulf was as, as wide as the scoreline actually reflects. It wasn't 5-0. That's also correct. It was Sanchez. <laughs> On the flip side, what, in less than a thousand words... <laughs> did they do wrong on Saturday evening? Well, I mean, you're saying there it wasn't as bad as it looked and that sort of thing. I think it could have been. You know, Real Salt Lake kind of eased up, and if they were going at it for the full 90 minutes and wanted it to be 5 or 6 nil, I feel like it could have been. It's kind of like what we talked about beforehand. I mean, this sit back and be fairly loose with possession. I mean, it wasn't a terrible idea against DC. It worked, but against Salt Lake, that's going to kill you, and... That's what they did, and saw like two goals in 27 minutes, and then you know, I feel like they just kind of coasted home from there. So just basic tactics, this was kind of foreseeable that this was going to happen. Talking about tactics and on how much we talk about whether or not this is Nelson's decision for the 11 he put out or where he put them out or just the players themselves, I think not having Mark Bloom and Alvaro Ray, I think Mark Bloom should have just stayed back. They should have found yeah. someone else in the midfield. I don't mm-hmm. really care who. Because the two of them worked together really well and there was a real difference when that got switched up in the second half. And yes, I'm going to pick on Bradley Orr again, but he just makes me angry. Because it's just <laughs> it's, it's just painful to watch him right now. And I can see in some situations where he's going to be useful, but that game was never going to be it, in my opinion. And some of it is the players themselves not being able to adapt to a new position or a new situation. But some of it's got to fall on Nelson. Injuries be damned. There were other options that he could have tried. Yeah, as far as Mark Bloom goes, I'm in agreement that the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He was fine. Not overwhelming defensively for the first two matches, but absolutely no problem. Didn't cost us anything. Solid. Moving him for, the, I think, the first time we've seen him in the midfield since yeah. he's been here. I, I could see the thinking, oh, he bombs down the wing pretty well and gets a, the odd cross in. Still a different position. And we've talked about the depth, and we're, we'll talk about it a few times, I'm sure, over the show, but glaring. But that is the best option I don't see how it was. Nakajima Farron, I know he just signed, but he's been training with them since they were in Florida. Exactly. So how he wasn't fit enough to start the match would have been, a, to me, a better option. We can get into the other midfield options they have and his, maybe Nelson's lack of interest in pushing Becker still a year later. But I know he's not a winger, but surely something. And, and I mean, it wasn't working early. 
Mark Bloom, love him, was invisible, and or behind him was calamitous. So something needed to be changed. The fact that he didn't change it at halftime, too, a little alarming. With that being said, if you can pick one for, I guess this is like being the tallest midget, your TFC man of the match. I guess I'll take an obvious one. Michael Bradley. He was out there. He was busy. He was doing what he does and came the closest of anyone to actually scoring as well. So again, not like his best performance or anything like that. and Not a massive amount of competition, but I'll go with Bradley. I agree, just because who else? I was a little saddened that his band-aid was a lot smaller than I expected. It looked like a regular size band-aid. I expected him to still have full, you invisible full man bandage. bandage. Mm. But yeah, he went with a small, adhesive band-aid. Tough guy. Even though they didn't work, his laser accuracy passes to the strikers were still on show a few times. I do enjoy those, much like it, how it worked against DC United. He tried, but Gilberto and Defoe, not so much on their best day. Same thing, same reasons. But there, there really isn't. I wanted it to be Defoe or wanted Dero to do something. God, I actually said that. Um, I heard you. Shut it. Has he been traded yet? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Probably did Columbus. This weekend, so yeah. Deadly yeah. Borman's ears are burning somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey, still a fan. Columbus, let's trade him for Tony Charney again. Is he listening to Boys to Men? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't realize he was still a thing. He's doing not too bad over there. Charlie? Yeah. yeah. Remember me, like I'm Leandre Griffith. Leandre <laughs> <laughs> uh, Griffith, remember who he is? <laughs> For my uh, man of the match, I actually went with Cesar. He had a couple really good lunging saves that would have made that scoreline more of a 6 0 situation. So, not to take anything away from Bradley, kind of singing Bradley's praises is, is kind of like what we did the first game. If you could pick a man of the match that wasn't Defoe and Bradley, who would you pick? Yeah. So, I, I really felt that Cesar's presence at the back there having a couple fantastic lunging saves, made Toronto look more apt than they probably were. Yeah, one thing I'd say about Cesar after that collision where he ended up hurt his knee or whatever, I was very happy to see him actually stay in because Bendik was getting ready to come in and like Cesar is presumably only here to help his World Cup prospect, so why would he play on injured? But you know, the fact that he did, he said, ah, okay, good future, a little more dedication to the cause than I probably would have expected. Who cares? He's not a mercenary. No. <laughs> no. What loan he loves is. Toronto. Loves it. No mercenary wears magenta detailing on his goalkeeper kit. This is true. That was straight out camp 70s superhero. I did not notice that. Mm, dashes of pink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On the flip side, probably a pretty long list, goat of the match. Well, I already talked Here about comes. Bradley Orr. Hey. It's Bradley Orr. Just write, just just make note of this for the next, oh, I don't know, six weeks. But I had a slash. Jeremy Hall, the invisible man. Yeah. Did he actually play? Did anyone notice him? No, which is a bad thing. Is he, he was awful. Is he still at the level of this club as they've improved? Even deep bench depth? Does he offer anything other than him being a body? I don't know if it was just a case of the quality of the opponent he was that much outmatched or that he hasn't played next to Bradley much this I, I it's you know familiarity does count in that sort of thing and Bradley and uh, Osorio have obviously put together a nice little partnership but it's the first time in quite some time where I've actually been angry at Jeremy Hall where I just wanted to reach through the screen pluck him off the pitch and toss him and grab anybody else uh, I will go with you've already taken two Seems a bit I much. know, I know. I'm um, This it seems very harsh because you know obviously Salt Lake are a good team. He was out of position. You know what exactly could we expect? But you know Mark Bloom did nothing. So if I can't go with Bradley Orr because he's already taken, I'll go with Mark Bloom. Apparently, you can't take Jeremy Hall either. Sorry, Mark Bloom. 
Someone, <laughs> someone wants a whole herd of goats. Yes. Oh, I got nothing. I honestly... You are Mr. Positivity this year. I know, You're, the sun shines. Have Seriously? you found religion? I saw a man. Did we switch places or something? Mm-hmm. Like I. The pamphlet was really interesting. <laughs> it was talking about three downs and all the wonderful things that can go into a stadium. And you know, those lines will come off. No, seriously. I don't know, maybe because it was such an overall mediocre performance, I really had difficulty pointing any one person who was so exceptionally bad. I'm going to go with nobody. Absinthe. Mark Hinckley's choice. <laughs> Is Jim Brennan taken? <laughs> go for it. I blame him. No, mostly, yeah. We've gone around. We've said most of the ones that were obvious. Not that he was the worst man on the pitch, but we need to see a lot more from Gilberto. Yeah, I guess. He, he, he listen, did not have a yeah. DP level the, impact on the game. The sins oh, of this match. Not. The sins of this match don't fall on his back by any means. But he's a DP. More is expected. This is not uh, Chad Barrett up there hey. with low expectations. <laughs> low expectations. So yeah, like I said, I not necessarily, definitely not the worst man on the pitch. Uh, by TFC, you could, you could have picked many, many, and we did, but we need to see a bit more from him soon, I think. He showed more in his 60 minutes than he did in yes. the full 90, so take from that what you will. Tell us one thing you assume to be correct about the home of Real Salt Lake, Sandy, Utah. Dunk. Um, they pretend in public to be very compassionate about it, but secretly they love the fact that Hurricane Sandy destroyed New Jersey. They're building a monument. Bastards. Yes. Yes. I hear that's true. Yeah, topical and tropical. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is it a actual mandated safe haven for those named Sandy, every household has to have at least one family member named Sandy. Interesting. Hmm. And true. It is. Uh, along the same lines, uh, not many people know this, but the town was founded in 1978 and named after Gary Sandy, the actor who played Travis on WKRP. Yeah. I thought it would have been named after Sandy Duncan. No. The woman who not. replaced the mother on Hogan Family. Not even famous <laughs> Scottish golfer Sandy Lyle? Nope. Well, it was the originally the, the Valerie Harper show yeah, and then it became the Hogan Family. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I thought it Why do I good. know that? That's horrible. I'm surprised I remembered Sandy Duncan. So Gary Sandy. I'm going to go that uh, the only thing that uh, seems to be correct about Sandy, Utah is that only the locals seem to know where it is. I think it's one of those mm. secret hideouts. I'm sure the entire TSC bus was covered in black lids, just so they could get there. <laughs> so, uh, well, like, where, where am I? Where am I? So, like a Guantanamo Bay Brigadoon meth lab. Sure, that's you took me off with the Brigadoon. Actually, the other two was completely plausible. <laughs> yeah, they're not Irish. What am I saying? Exactly. Reality check. Who are closer to the real TFC? The scrappy Route One counterattackers who beat Seattle and DC United. Or this best of 2012 edition we saw against Real Salt Lake. I think both of them are really. It's there wasn't really that much of a difference between the two teams. It's just the question of quality and style of the opponent playing against playing that way against uh, you know a lot of MLS will do okay against certain teams. We won't. Scrappy Route Runners. I think that Salt Lake was very calculating in their control of movement, and that seemed to take a lot of the venom out of Toronto's attack. I find it hard to pick on TFC too much for this game, even though. I've obviously been doing that. It's similar to what Duncan said. It's just, you know, it is the quality of the opponent. We're playing a team that has, at its core, been together for six years. Six years? Seven years? A crazy amount a of time. time. TFC is still learning to play together nicely, or play together at all. And I don't think that they were off-the-wall horrible. And I don't think that this is a sign of an imminent 0-9 slide to come. And if it happens, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't mean to jinx it. 
please forgive me, everybody. I think it was one of those games they've got to just get past, and thank goodness we don't have to go back there this year. You heard it here first. 0-9 slide on its way. Just to add to <laughs> yes. just to add to Kristen's point, in a controlled cost league with a salary cap, having a team that's had its core together for seven years is extremely excruciatingly difficult to do, especially with such a low cap to work with. In a lot of ways, they have it's not an unfair advantage, but they have a, a extremely fortunate advantage that most teams in this league, if not the rest of the league, could only dream of having. I think it possibly goes back to your theory on Sandy, Utah, that they don't know how to get out of there. <laughs> well, they keep the hoods <laughs> and let them panic. And once the panic is set and once you start to go into that descent into madness, then it's like, okay, now you can go out. It's like water torture, except you know, football. I had, similar to your thoughts, that they're somewhere in the middle. I think TFC might blunt out opponents who are close to them in talent and the same to those lower when they face a team with talent and a little bit of ball skill i think they're going to suffer for now it's fair concurred mm. indeed yes see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what is currently living in kyle beckerman's hair a family of borrowers tiny <laughs> oh cannabis grow up obviously obviously yes uh aaron mond you don't get much on an mls <laughs> salary you can't, you can't pay rent is that where you went? You can't pay rent in in uh, you know Sunday, Utah. It's it's an expensive place to live. So if you can find it, well, apparently it's a two room uh, dreadlock because it's actually a Utah Jazz point guard from the eighties, Jeff Hornacek. Ah, oh, Jeffrey, hey, you look so pleased. I almost made a Jeff Hornacek joke somewhere <laughs> nice. here, by the way. Utah I'm like, Jeff no, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away from the basketball ones. Mark Eaton wouldn't fit, or I would have picked no. him. No, no, no. Oh, oh, that would those are getting pretty long. He's, 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 I know, he's 7'6", I know. Also, perched atop. The entire Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Tick-tock Tabernacle. Try rhyming that. Yes. It's too bad Montreal doesn't have something like this. It's kind of a podcast because they could totally steal that one. That's good. Uh, I don't think they like that though, do they? What? The whole Tic Tac thing? Oh, I thought you meant uh, comedy. Sorry. They don't like that either. Joe, Unless it's like gag. That doesn't work good on radio, though. <laughs> There's an open manhole and an old man walking towards it. <laughs> People are horrified, but really, he's okay. I'm he... not really a policeman. Oh, I was about to kill you. He's actually a live 20-something actor doing an old suit, and there's a mattress at the bottom of the hole. Everything's fine. But your reaction was priceless. You Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Funded by the Canadian government. Yes. They say the two guarantees in life are death and taxes. Are the two guaranteed TFC problems this season going to be depth and tactics? Oh. Hey wow. Very nice. nice. Of the... Are you sure you don't write this with like weeks in advance? <laughs> Is there a book that you just cup all these ideas in? These are magical. It's a big book of podcastery. Can I get that at Indigo? Look, just somebody hook me up with an e-pub, all right? I'm good. <laughs> of the two, which is more alarming, depth or tactics? I'm going to go with tactics. I think depth we all knew about, and there's only so much you can do about that, really. We were, we did a lot of good things over the off-season, did uh, the, the Tims, and I mean, we were starting so far back. I mean, they've managed to add in a few pieces, but there's obviously still a lot of pieces left. We are expecting that. Tactics, yeah, you know, I was I was kind of hoping, now that the squad's improved, we might see a bit more from Nelson, and 
so far we haven't really, so that's the more alarming. I'm going to agree with you on depth, mainly because I, it's hard to tell how much cash they have left to reinforce. Really, you'd think they're pretty close to it as far as bringing anyone who's going to make any big difference outside of a trade. As far as tactics, Nelson won't be here in July, so I'm not really worried. <laughs> so basically, okay. it's neither and you really don't care. Spoiler alert. No, 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 I do. Of course I care. Why would I spend my afternoon doing this? But of the two, depth seems like we're stuck with it. Tactics mm, seems like if it gets too bad, the solution is in Timblewiki's hands. I'm going to go with depth with my simple explanation being that the tactics, his tactics could actually work, but the lack of bench depth is really kind of limiting and crippling at times. And, mm -hmm. and as good as it's been to begin the season, I wasn't expecting it to be as obvious as game three. I'm going to no. go against no. what you... Exactly. I actually am leaning more towards the depth side of things only because of the alarming drop-off once anybody gets injured, which has always been the TFC way because you can only really carry about three or four quality players at a time, it seems. And yeah, tactics influences it and they weren't on display on the weekend, but I do think, you know, however many magic beans they have left, there's got to be some sort of middling MLS veterans that they can use to shore up that middle number on the roster because it drops off too quickly. Maybe we notice it more now because we used to go from mediocre to, to crap, slightly less mediocre. <laughs> now we have, oh, a few good guys. Oh, mediocre. So we just notice it. Perhaps. I still think there's a depth issue and I will just leave it at that. So there. You've got a depth issue. Whatever. Mom. Give me your badge. <laughs> I don't need no badge. <laughs> Going rogue. Here's my gun too. Your badge and your piece. <laughs> Jackson don't need this. <laughs> Jackson works solo. How many losses does a bandwagon roll over before losing a wheel? Three in a row should do it. Three in a row. Three in a row and the tourists are gone from BMO? Is that what you're saying? Please. That's what it takes. Sorry, successful marketing campaign. It's been wonderful, but I'd rather my space. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving up this Groupon package I bought. <laughs> Keep your Marley's tickets. I would go with two losses causes it to, to lose a wheel. It's just a question of how many wheels did it actually have to start off with. I'm talking about... I feel like they built a bloody big mm. lot of wheels. Oh. So you can lose a few here or there and, and, and it'll still be okay. Are we talking okay. a full-on 18-wheeler? No, I, I, this was not a band... I, 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 didn't, style. Mm. I didn't say rig wagon. Band wagon. Four, Four oldie-timey yeah. wooden tires. <laughs> Four <laughs> wheels, that's all we got? Okay. Yeah. So one wheel falls off, this thing's in the mud. And street urchins are coming out and picking its carcass. I'll, I'll stick Fagans with Fagans hovering over it. I think the, the two wins earned us an extra wheel. Oh, okay. So like when a plane loses wheel. power and the yes. little propeller comes out. <laughs> sure. I love Mayday. So now, you know, if we lose like eight or nine in a row, then, you know, we'll be down to like one wheel and it'll all collapse. Mm. But I think three the losses. The unicycle. <laughs> the the, the, the Uniwagon? <laughs> Not much space on the um, Uniwagon. Not comfortable. We've been on that Uniwagon for seven years. Yes. And we have the ass marks to and show. And it wasn't comfortable. Yeah, like yeah, I got a said. sliver that still needs surgery. I say three in a row, and that wheel is really cracking. Eight losses by World Cup in the mud. Now, three in a row altogether, home and away, or... Yeah. Okay. Three in a row just kind of signifies that, oh, this is just like old times, just with new coat of paint. Yeah. And which is not the case, because the tourists who don't know fucking Oh, they'll be gone, and that's just, just as well. I'm thrilled with that. But those of us who know in the better, namely me and the three of you, we know that that's things... That's it, nobody else. Yes. Hooray! <laughs> Today's attendance, four. <laughs> 
Who are? Except for you, gentlemen. Here, we we were sure you're very knowledgeable. Yeah, it's not even you get your own row; you get your own stand. Get my own stadium. Yeah, it's what I always wanted. No, honestly, after three, the casuals who think that this is a bloody big deal will start making fun of it, and then it's no longer the cool thing to do, and all those hipsters will have to go back to some I don't know karaoke bar slash board game cafe slash downtown bowling establishment and go buy their time there. Oh, Jays are starting up, so that's I'm fine. I'm so there. glad the I didn't... The Raptors are cool now. What's the, that? the Raptors are cool now. Yeah. Only, winning and only singing when they're winning. Feet. Isn't it great? I actually am going to say four, because... Four uh, in a row? Or in a row. Okay. Right now. Last weekend, should they lose in Columbus, and then the next two. Only because they won the first one away. They won at home. The away losses don't weigh as heavily, because we always yeah. suck on the road to begin with. And barely anyone watches them. Exactly. So, first game back at home... They lose, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever, we're still injuries, whatever, who knows what's going to be happening in two weeks. But two losses in a row, plus the losses on the road, I think that four, you'll start to really see, oh, what the hell, this is crap, it's the same old TFC, and then we'll be done. Public service announcement, do not bend your Blue Jays caps brims yet, because you may need <laughs> to head back to Skydome soon. That's true, that's true. Rio Tinto has a famous goal gong after their goals. Possibly lifted from Kyle Beckerman's pimp pad. Ooh. He would have a big symbol when he wears his leopard robe. That's how I see it. What could BMO Field have as an equivalent after a goal? Oh, after a goal? See, that's not how I write this. Oh. Don't they have a goal gong after the goal? Oh, no, no, no. They, what, do. Uh, they have a little kick Rio Tinto has a goal gong. What would BMO Field has an, have as an equivalent? I didn't think of it as a reaction to a goal. I just thought of it. I went with a substitution sousaphone. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 for those of you who, who don't have a Wikipedia, a sousaphone, it's like a tuba that wraps around the person playing it. And it's like, you see it in a marching band, so it sounds like a tuba, but it's ridiculously large. You know, so, substitution sousaphone. Substitute, can you play the whole sad trombone thing? Oh, probably. Oh, probably. Only if Wiedemann's coming in. Uh-huh. Hey! Well, I mean, we've obviously got the, the confetti cannons and fireworks. It's all very exciting. I'll go with the cash register the, for the whole BMO thing. And, you know, MLSC likes their money. It fits. Can you read that for me? Hmm. Shut Cha-ching! Up. <laughs> <laughs> I had cha-ching followed by Ted DiBiase's theme music. Money, 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 money! For me, it's transferring from the Raptors since they're so big right now. It's the t-shirt cannon. It's the gold t-shirt cannon. Everyone gets shot in the face with a t-shirt after a goal. All 20,000 of us right in the face! I always wanted a t-shirt. How many people can Jim Brennan shoot with a t-shirt cannon? <laughs> you can't do everyone. Coffee cannon. <laughs> While Utah is definitely the center of the Mormon jazz movement, as well as the headquarters of religious MLS organization Jason Christ of the Latter-day Saints, there was a whole continent's worth of other action this past weekend. With news from around MLS, we head over to our central Hey Look Over There Bureau and senior What You Looking At correspondent Duncan D. Fletcher with MLS Wins and Losses. Thank you, Tony. Yes, it was a, another busy week here at MLS, so we'll move on to winners. It was a good week to be called Morales. We obviously know about Javier in the game against Toronto. There was I want to be called Morales now! <laughs> I know! Anyway, there was also a 1970s wrestler Pedro Morales of Vancouver, who looked very good. He'd done okay in uh, his first game there, and this game he was all over the pitch. He was very, very good. It's Vancouver, they're weird. They've looked good both games at home. Away from home, they're nothing special, but get them on the BC place faster. They're doing very well, so they've got eight points in four games right now, so they're a winner. Special shout-out for the Vancouver game to Nigel Rio 
Koka, who was concussed after falling over a stationary bike rack, was watching the game from the corporate stands and the TV would uh, occasionally flash to him here or there and at one point they caught him making what is clearly a wanker gesture on national TV, which was uh, a lot of fun. Yes, Mark Hinckley. Really? Yes! Uh, Holy fuck A bike rack! God damn! Yes. That's magical. Okay, sorry, continue. Peripheral vision and yeah, all those sorts of things you wanted a midfielder. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he obviously is a pro and likes to look around. Yes. Moving on, going to move over to some losers right now. And go look at New York Red Bulls. Four games in, they still have not won a game. Uh -huh. And this week, they just barely scraped a draw against Chivas. Chivas, come on. The first half was hilarious. It was Richard Eckersley had a magnificently Richard Eckersley <laughs> game. He gave away a penalty. He was kind of all over the place. It was various bits of chaos. He was arguing with Hermes and Olive. It was fantastic. Then he got injured as well. So, you know, that's obviously not good news. Get that's well like a hat trick too. Yeah, there you go. And New York came back and played very well in the second half. And they almost ended up losing. But then a very good goal from a corner at the end. Goalie Robles went up. I always love it when goalies go up for a corner. Rather than try and get his head on it, he just went straight to Dan Kennedy and was just distracting him. And it worked really well. Kennedy was too busy pushing Robles away to notice that Luyen Dola was going up for a header. And so they got the equaliser, which is uh, a big shame. Because, uh, you know, Chivas haven't won an away game in over a year. And that was, that was nearly it. 1-1 at home against Chivas. Yeah, that gets you in the losers column. They're joined there by Chicago. They're also winless in four. And they actually gave up the first points of the season and the first goal of the season to D.C. That's nothing to be proud of. Good news for Chicago. Uh, Quincy Ameriqua is uh, scoring plenty of goals. He's doing well with them. Pool. Bad news for Chicago. Quincy America's your top scorer. <laughs> this Magic. cannot be a good sign. Magic Quincy. Yes. It's going to Yeah. Not that magic, Mike. Sanchez. The other winner, a little bit of a pat on the head kind of winner here, which is, uh, we'll go with Montreal. Mainly because they got Marco De Vallo back. He looked very, very good, actually. And said the one goal he yeah, scored was fantastic. Just cutting in from the left and curled it right up into the top corner. I was secretly uh, was... hoping you were going to say he looks very, very Italian. Well, he always does. But uh, yeah, he looked good. So they've got a point now. That's, that's nice for them. And now everybody in the league does have a point. So uh, there's nobody pointless. Before I end, one special shout out to Victor Bernardes of San Jose, who scored a magnificent comedy on goal. De Gaulle had been beaten, the ball was rolling to the net, and he ran. Plenty of time to stop it, and he kind of slid to curl his leg around the ball to clear it. But instead of actually kicking the ball, he managed to kind of kick his sliding leg, just knocked his leg into the ball and scored himself. It was a sight to behold. Anyway, that is uh, this week's MLS winners and losers. Tony, back to you. Thanks, Duncan. Did we ever have that guy who did the sliding goal thing? Because that sounds very TFC-ish. <laughs> he was not on our team ever. Are you sure? He will be at some point. Okay, good. Whew. When we trade Bradley for him. That guy and allocation. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah. And yeah, obviously no. It's more a Sorio, really. I think you know, Bradley's going to get injured and retire and everything. Sorio, he'll go into coaching. Yeah. He'll take over it's, Orlando City. It's you know. the young kids we give away for nobody. Hey there, hoses. Sorry, hairball. I'm international mascot playboy Crewcat of the Columbus, Ohio Crewcat. And when I'm not coughing up my own synthetic fur or the fur of a cruiser dancer, I'm listening to the Vocal Minority Podcast.
Time to escape from your enslaving handler. It's Bitchy Blanks. Our, our weekly Blankety Blank game. Last week's listener winner answered the following. When Michael Bradley knocked out Davy Arnold, he looked down and said... Krista Knowles with this week's winner. Our winner is Dan from Richmond Hill, and I'm sorry I forgot to record the Twitter handle. Just stood menacingly over him and said, I'll be back. Good week. Solid. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> sorry, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for playing, Dan. Really. Yeah. No, genuinely, thank you. For winning this week, Dan gets a... But they got around to derisive laughter. A der- derisive <laughs> laughter and a year's supply of shoulder shrugs. How about we go around the panel and say our best efforts from this version of Bitchy Blanks? I will start. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping you'd say that. Oh. I stayed with his Arnold Schwarzeneggerish theme and looking down and say, "That's how to get ahead." <laughs> hey. <laughs> Very nice. Excellent. I'll go with something not really movie starish, but next time you apologize to Jackson's elbow. <laughs> I like it. Standing up like for his it. teammate. Yeah. yeah. The one I got is, and in my head, I'm hearing Schwarzenegger's voice. Heels a head start to the showers. Nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got to be one of those crap, crap puns. Jackson's elbow, by the way, he calls it Ms. Jackson. <laughs> you go say sorry to Ms. Jackson. I am for real. Never meant to be. It. A banner week indeed for oh, yeah. for Bitchy Blanks. Yeah. I was also going to use, uh, I, I don't know if, how many of you remember uh, the Davy and Goliath cartoon. Claymation, Christian oh, dog yes. and chocolate colored dog. Davy. Hey Davy. Yeah. I was going to, yes. Davy, why does God hate you? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bradley's God. <laughs> As we were talking about earlier, Nigel Rio Coker managed to injure himself on a bike rack in one of the league's most fantastic injuries this season. For this week's Bitchy Blanks, we'd like you to answer the following. A TFC player will pull his hamstring by blank. Send your entries to our Twitter account at VocalMinorityPod with the hashtag BitchyBlanks, and that's V-O-C-L MinorityPod, or in the comments section on our website, VocalMinorityPodcast.blogspot.ca. There's going to be a fair few traveling fans heading down to Crew Stadium, as usual. If you were traveling down to central Ohio, not quite Cincinnati, not quite Cleveland, would you take <laughs> a banner with you this weekend? And what would it be? Yeah, I would. My banner, I figure it would go right across there. I don't even know if it's their south stand. Draped right across their south stand, and it reads, Does Messi have a brother you can sign? That's right, Egwene. Suck it. Suck it nice. gently. Very nice. nice. Thank you. Mine's not nearly to this high standard. Fairly pedestrian. Cruising for a losing. Very 80s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does, it, does it have someone putting sunglasses on? Or, or gently pulling them down his nose? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Improved. I like this. <laughs> Who would that be? Alvaro Ray? Sure. Why not? I was actually thinking Julio Cesar. Mm. He kind of looks like an uncle more than a cool dude. Yeah, he does. True, true. Mm, interesting. Duncan, you have a banner idea. Just a, a very simple one referencing, and obviously TFC, they've had a, a couple of years where it's not been so good, but you know, where, hey, everything's exciting again. So just a, a simple picture, of, you know, you've probably all seen that one of like Calvin of Calvin and Hobbes, sort of like urinating on something, just that and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Would you put a church in it? Well, or obviously. is that too, or too <laughs> pushing the religious card in the USA? The, the, obviously a church, yes. Mm. And we were practically pissing on the altar, I think, is, is what happened, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
Very pussy riot of us. Yes. Mm. Yes. Which now will be my banner. <laughs> Crew Cat's face, and it will just say Pussy Riot. Damn. Win! Damn it. We'd like, we'd like to hear your banner ideas. You can put it, send it to the same sites with a hashtag banner idea. Just serving it up like a juicy rebound. Thanks a lot. As we have been reminded throughout the show, Columbus Crew are the proud owners of Major League Soccer's most wondrously confident, macho, drug-addled, and oversex mascot, Crew Cat. It's really only a matter of time before the bright sparks in Toronto FC's PR department demand that we have our own awful fluffy mascot. We're asking the panel, who should be TFC's first and surely terrible mascot? Uh, I'm going to go with a, a bee. It's like a gentleman in a very large bee costume. Bee can obviously be called Jimmy. And that way we can get rid of the other Jimmy B mascot that we've had to carry for the last seven or eight years. Damn you, Duncan. <laughs> Obviously not a queen bee, more of a bee that does all the other jobs. Well, absolutely, yes. Worker bee. Yes. <laughs> a worker bee. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, who, who do you think's actually inside the costume? Jimmy, Jimmy B. B. Yeah, exactly. In Can't the suit, it's Jimmy B. <laughs> Henna t-shirts, it's Jimmy B. Shooting hot dogs, it's Jimmy B. Working the turn, it's Jimmy B. <laughs> first of all, you should have let me go first, because it's not as good. Because I have had this ongoing campaign of dropping this very dull pedestrian Reds moniker, and, 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 and I feel that Robin's had so much more character, also it's harmless, which if the last seven years have indicated would be accurate. So I figured I would go with Danny the Robin, and that would be along the similar lines, would be named after Danny Dicchio. I don't know if Robins are bald necessarily, but this one could be. So yeah, Danny the Robin. Kids would love it. Oh, I'm already hiring it for my kids' parties. I don't even have kids. Would, would, <laughs> would you not call a, a, a Robin mascot Robin? Robin the oh, Robin? That's, that's no? it's yeah. like, I mean, look, okay, they named Kermit's little nephew Robin. So it's like Robin the Frog. Mm. Why don't we call it Frog the Robin? Would you call Bison Van Bison the Bison in Colorado? <laughs> Sure. No. In, in the same vein as uh, Marco Van Bison, the Colorado mascot, it should be Iron Robin. God damn it, Dunk, that's good. Not Robin Van Percy, because it costs so much money for the kids. <laughs> oh, no, this mascot's that's terrible. I am going a little bit different tack in that we are called the Reds, and I have a certain affiliation to things called the Reds, like the Communist <laughs> Party. So, um, my mascot idea for Socialist Toronto, since we are downtown elitists, Mad Marks. <laughs> we have Free Beard Night. Just, we can have our own philosopher's football game at the half. Nice, nice. I think that this will take off in a big, big way. I would totally buy the giant stuffed sickle. I think that would just be It's so cute! Inflatable sickle night! Come on! Hammer and sickle, we can have little Thunder sticks. Thunder sickles. Thunder sickles. I was expecting to finish third in this thing. Tony, what do you got? Well, I figured since we're uh, taking something away from Skydome, being the Argos, they could give us something, and they're really not using Domer the turtle anymore. Domer. The original mascot of Skydome. Yeah. So I figured we could transform Domer and turn him into five-year Stan, a turtle that just lays on his back and wiggles his legs in the air. Does he get there eventually, though? After eight years, he finally does something good. He, he kind of tips on the side of his legs, and you're like, here we go! And then, no, back on his <laughs> shell. It was either that or Rufy. A roof that made you all very quiet. 
I don't remember Made how you forget exactly all about those yeah. lines on the pitch. I don't remember anything since Rufy came around. Come on, Rufy. Mom, I want a Rufy. Well, that is something I would love to hear yelled at a concession stand. <laughs> Everyone gets a Rufy. Yay, part of the season sticker package. All for one. <laughs> Once again, you can send in any of your comments, ideas for... Banner ideas or bitchy blanks to our Twitter account at Vocal Minority Pod or in the comments section at Vocal Minority Toronto, this is Major League Soccer's finest mascot, Crew Cat. When I'm not dropping a deuce in Tony Chaney's locker, I listen to the Vocal Minority Podcast. Also, Timber Joey is a classy douchebag. This segment of the Vocal Minority Podcast is brought to you by White's Xenophobia. White's Xenophobia. If you don't like Columbus, then go back to where you came from. as in a brand like the lemonade. White xenophobia, Central Ohio's number one social anxiety. Ask for it by name. El Clasico? Rubbish. The North London Derby? Neighborhood tiff at best. The Old Firm? Step off. It's time for football's most storied rivalry. The new soft itself. The Copa del Trillium. Yes, yes, it's Columbus Crew versus Toronto FC. Fresh off their salty manhandling, the Reds head for somewhere in between Cincinnati and Cleveland in an attempt to get their bloodied big eel wiggling once again. Ominously, Crew Stadium, North America's original soccer-specific stadium with a children's playground attached, has never been a friendly place for TFC, and Crew would like nothing more than to help crash the FIFA World Club champion TFC down to earth. With a look at those dastardly Barbasol-emblazoned yellows, we head over to our Central Ohio Kicking Things Bureau and Senior Cruiser Dance Team Analyst, Duncan Fletcher. Thank you, Tony. As you mentioned, Columbus obviously a very tough place for Toronto to play. It's been a tough place for everyone. Columbus are currently the only team in MLS with a 100% record. Three wins uh, out of three. It's kind of come out of nowhere. Didn't really do that much in the offseason. They did get uh, a new coach. So far, uh, Greg Berhalter is looking like a top choice. Alta, top, huh? Wow! Just like Columbus's jersey. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> oh. seriously, you guys need to give me this book. This is <laughs> My puns are weak. He's done very well with what he's got there. So far, they've had a very settled lineup. Ten of their players have played all three games uh, so far. It's anchored by Michael Parkhurst at uh, the centre back. He's uh, the American international. He's uh, obviously looking to get himself a World Cup spot. Ahead of him, you got Will Trapp and Tony Charney sort of anchoring the midfield. And uh, above them, it's all about Federico Higuain, noted TFC killer over the years. And no doubt to do the same thing again. You, you liked Javier Morales? Well, hey, here we go again. <laughs> He's been playing like, more as a, a midfielder than a support striker uh, this year. 
and so that's one of the things they've kind of changed around as well they're very aggressive with their full backs they definitely like to, to push those guys wide and then like the center backs kind of move out a bit wider to cover them the midfielders drop down so it's a bit of a, a strange formation but they're very you know all about uh, kind of trying to impose their style and pace on the game that sort of thing the only change that there has been, I mentioned they've got uh, 10 people who started all three games. The one that they haven't is uh, up front. It's either Jairo Arrieta or Dominic Aduro, I guess, depending on if they want skill or speed. I'd expect to see Arrieta out there. I think he uh, matches up better with TFC's defenders and more Alvaro Saborio rather than Eddie Johnson. The benefits to their whole thing, pushing the fullbacks forward, is it's going to leave space. So, you know, we've been turnovers and quick ball out to Defoe and Gilberto or whoever. There should definitely be some gaps to exploit there. The last game they played just uh, last week against Seattle. Seattle weren't fully attacking them on the counter-attack there. So there's uh, definitely that uh, would be the way to go, I think, for TFC again, which, hey, that's how we're playing, so why not? Basically, I think it's going to come down to Michael Bradley versus Federico Higuain. Bradley can keep that guy under control or in with a chance of a result. Back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. As mentioned throughout the cast... TFC definitely has some depth issues. We may have a burgeoning injury crisis. Who is your TFC man to watch? A difference maker in this match. Mine's Daniel Henry, actually. I think he has had his one stupid moment, perhaps for the month. Redemption. Redemption. Up until that, he's been fairly solid with Caldwell, and this is hopefully his turning point year where he really does develop into the center back we think he can be and i think yeah he's going to be essential to keeping things under control back there is jackson gonna be back he should be gonna be jackson <laughs> <laughs> jackson makes all the difference everyone knows jackson got game you don't think jackson got game you watch jackson be there jackson red card 20th minute <laughs> <laughs> you know jackson's style <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go Julio Cesar again. I know I just mentioned Bradley versus Higuain, but that one seems a bit obvious. So uh, aside from that, Cesar, I think he could have another busy night. He led in three this week. Hopefully he can do better this week. I am going back to who I mentioned as maybe having a disappointing match against Real. And I'm looking for a better game from Gilberto. And I think if he can impose himself on the match, maybe the best thing he can do is open up space for Jermaine Defoe. So it would be nice to see a solid 90 minutes or close to it from Gilberto. If this rivalry isn't much of a rivalry, who are your favorite three opponents that TFC plays? Who do you feel the most verve about? Who do you get the crumb from? Oh, I got this one. I got this one. Mark Hingley. Thank you. FC Dallas. A lot of it has to do with when Dario Sala was in net. He, he always had this very slappable smirk on his face. And whenever he'd make a save, he'd always just turn around to the south end. It's like, you need to die. So, and then there was Breck Shea, who has a hairstyle that looks like he needs to be punched. I'm sure right now there's there's probably nobody that's worth punching, but whenever I see FC Dallas, I kind of get that ire. Kansas City whiz. Surprise. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah, that's just this, this <laughs> old hat. Yeah, and the last one is my curveball, would be Santos Laguna. Damn you, Mexico Celtic. Damn you. It's the perfect intercontinental rivalry. You can't run them from us forever. We will find you, and we will beat you. We got Jackson, and Jackson don't back down from nobody. Jackson out. <laughs> All right, so mine are not quite that colorful. Montreal, because it's Montreal. New York, for many historical and obvious reasons, plus Thierry Henry. And San Jose. Really? What's up with San Jose? Why is San Jose right One now? player. 
Oh, but Len Hurst? I hate that oh, guy. He's fun. I cannot stand him. So you also don't watch you're, you're Greatest not, American Hero. You're not supposed to Doesn't like matter. him. That's the point of no, Len Hurst. No, no, no. You're not supposed no, to like no. him. I feel tremendously old school because it's Montreal, Vancouver, and then I love playing Chicago. But see, I, I like playing them not because I don't no, like but this them, is, but, but, but the, I enjoy playing match, them. Yeah, but this is the match. I said this is the what, match. What right? exactly was oh. the question there, Tony? The question is, who are your actual favorite three opponents to watch TFC yeah. play against? All right. Yeah, fine. and and those my three like yeah. that fits my definition. That still Fair fits enough. for me yeah. because I don't like I like to see all three of them lose. The answers we were looking for from Kristen were wrong. <laughs> all of you, step off. Definitely Montreal and Vancouver. Absolutely, I'll go with those. I'm going to add in Colorado. We, we always beat Colorado, so they're, they're fun to watch. Well, we always beat them at home. I think we always lose away, but next couple of weeks down the line, guaranteed win night. Whoa. Suck it, Marco it Van Bison. <laughs> Every week we take a shot at predicting the results uh. of TFC's big match. Last week, the league finally got shook up. The Vocal Minority Pass Prediction Liga. Duncan took a 2-1 for Real Salt Lake. Mm. I took a 2-0 for Real Salt Lake. Another the, moral victory. Another yeah. moral victory. That's three weeks running. On the other side of the we table... An actual physical table. Kristen Knowles <laughs> took a 1-1. Mark Hinckley... Shit the bed. Mr. Absinthe himself. 2-0 for TFC. Yep. Finally, things are shaking up. And the race for the Concubine League has myself and Duncan on top with six points. And you two on three points. You two being... Kristen and Mark. So looking ahead at Toronto FC visiting Crew Stadium. Predictions. I am going to uncharacteristically predict a loss. 2-1. 2-1 loss. Indeed. I'm going to go 2-0 loss. God, you guys have taken my first choice and my second choice because in order. Before you, you speak, 1-0 loss. Oh, for, <laughs> for goodness <laughs> sakes, guys. You have to pick a win or a draw. 2-0 Toronto. Hello. <laughs> Yeah. Bottom of the table. <laughs> bottom of the table. <laughs> la, la, la. So we got so we have three losses and another TFC win. Let's see how that shakes up the league for it's next week. Not optimism this time. Hey, you could be right back into this and we could have a, another four-way draw for Concubine League. Never let you down. Has anybody told you about a cat that runs so fresh? And that this cat is in town. Hello to you, the Toronto FCs. I am USA Mascot Weekly's winner of Mascot Most Likely to Give You a Rash, Crew Cat. Making people, especially ladies, have fun is what I do best. But one thing that is no laughing matter is feline AIDS. Be safe out there and give generously and keep listening to the Vocal Minority Podcast. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Unless of course you're Reggie Lamb and you work that sweet one in six. Either way, it's time to blow the whistle on our factory floor of audio audacity and go grab some hard-earned brewskis with the three dudes on Columbus Crew's badge. We will be back in your orifices this time next week as we go to work like a doctor. On the Columbus versus TFC result, we look forward to a return to Bemo Field as Colorado Rapids come to town and we possibly tape ourselves watching an episode of the cartoon Denver the Last Dinosaur. As always, the VMP news team are working on new stories for the next episode and here's a preview. Kristen Knowles on Twitter at KZ Knowles. What are you beavering away on? 
I've decided to embrace the move towards cheerleaders for every team from MLS and I'm putting together a troupe that more closely resembles the cheerleaders from that classic Keanu Reeves Gene Hackman film, The Replacements. Strippers galore, boys. Come nice. out. Uh, Columbus already got rid of those. Nice. Ratings. Crew Chief Mark Hingley. Follow him on Twitter at Ignertalk, I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q. What are you melting into news gold? This has been an arduous process, but I'm currently on part 17 of a retrospective of those very same cheerleaders, the cruisers. Where are they now? Now, I found the Christines, the Christinas, Joy, Jenny, and Jen, as well as Megan, Megan, but I'm having difficulty locating the last Megan. If anyone can help me find the remaining Megan, please let me know via Twitter at Ignertalk. Thank you. The last Megan's the deepest. I felt. It's important. It's not a complete. It's not a complete report. It's not a complete set. No, collect them all. Tops. Duncan Fletcher, as always, at Duncan D. Fletcher. What gems are you seeking in your news mine? Well, I uh, am going to have a report uh, going undercover. I'm going to be embedded with the Ohio State Police Patrol, whatever they call themselves. It's, uh, you know, for exactly their security, it's going to be managing the hordes of TFC fans, the electric fences that they've replaced the church fences with to uh, you know, give the shock to disrespectful TFC fans, uh, all that sort of thing. Tasering the helicopters, they're really prepared for this. This is going to be uh, traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> As for me, Tony Walsh, follow me at the Yorkies1812, and next week I will be talking with an original TFC player who has left football for a career in the men's support undergarment industry. It's a one-on-one with the CEO of Adam's Bras. Adam Bras. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no audio from shaking a head, but if there was, you would have just heard it right now. That's a terrible pun. <laughs> That's a terrible pun. I usually appreciate it, but that one was exceptionally bad. Well done. Until next time, you better work and get used to it, Toronto. Consider feline needs. <laughs> Don't consider feline needs. Yeah, really? <laughs> if you're going to consider any AIDS outside of human, don't consider feline needs. Never forget. In memoriam. I will remember you. Pictures flashing up on the <laughs> tips. <laughs> AIDS. <laughs> Scratchy. AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> Tabby. AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> I think it's the fact that you named the name that looked fluffy. I was going to say fluffy. Like just every cat name you can think of followed by AIDS in this situation. Far more amusing than it probably should How about I, I not make it hamstring and just injure yourself? Yeah, injure just allows for... Like I said, the only reason I said hamstring is because so many of them have hamstring but injuries but you're, right now. you're assuming our listeners are high up on the injury list and the exact qualities of those said injuries.
I'm not going to say so. I feel like it's fairly safe to assume it might be. Yeah. Do you want us to keep him? Yes. Okay. If, if I do. Right. I'm okay. fighting for hamstrings. Okay. For my new charity, fighting for hamstrings. <laughs> what color's the ribbon? <laughs> I'm sticking with feline aids. That would be an orange ribbon. The maroon ribbon. An orange ribbon. We were looking for orange. I'm sure orange is been used. Go for bracelets. Hamstrong. Hamstrong. <laughs> 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 I accept. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna open with two songs? Alright, in a move. Move. Yes. Well, they did get AIDS. <laughs> that one's getting cut. That. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that never happened. It's not in the outtakes at all. Feline. Ah, well, oh, that's well, not hey, that's totally different. Yeah. 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 Totally I'm mean. not a monster. Well, cat monster. It's true. Pussy monster. <laughs> get his number. I wasn't sure if you could have his number of pussy monster on the back. <laughs> I hope oh, I dare you to I do that. that. I'm serious. Does MLS have that name and kit generator <laughs> thingy? Because I totally want to screenshot it. There's a website that you can do it, but it's hard to match the clubs. I don't you care. can do a Spurs one. I got Photoshop. I no, but I want like the MLS one. Yeah, I know, yeah. So I want that file. For we should the all get SPL. Can we send those to China and all get Pussy Monster number eighteen shirts? <laughs> Are you asking <laughs> me? Yeah, or why not? Me? Be a joiner. <laughs> Otherwise, we look really bad. Oh yeah, because that's yeah. really what I wear. <laughs> if you wear it too, we're like, ah, it's oh, a yeah. joke. If like, we oh, wear it, we're like, yeah. that's offensive, that's offensive, that's offensive. Oh, she's funny, it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys are hilarious. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but without you. You guys are pigs. Sexist. Pussy. 